want to thank you for that beautiful song. And it is such a fitting song on Education Sabbath that he will do it again. I think back on growing up in a single parent home, mother sending us to school, trying to figure out how she's going to do it. But all she knew is that God was going to do it again and again and again and again. God always comes through. We don't know how, we don't know when, but I do know this, that when August came time for us to go back to school, God did it again. When it came time for graduation, God did it again. God will never fail you. I want to thank you, sister, for sharing that message. It has warmed my heart. Greetings. Happy Sabbath to everyone. And I bring you greetings from the Southwest Region Conference and also from the Casalita Drive Seventh-day Adventist Church that was finished about two hours ago. So if I move a little bit slower, I'm, I'm kind of used to already finishing. And, uh, you know, we're two hours behind. The pastor called me last night at about 930. I was, I was asleep for about five hours. So I got to get used to this Las Vegas time frame, but it is good to be here. I want to thank Dr. Lewis for extending the invitation. And I must say that I, at this point, I do miss my family, but I, you do have a interesting city. I'm from New Orleans and I thought New Orleans was interesting, but no, I must say right now that you have beaten New Orleans. <laughs> But it is good to be here with you today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you that you have given us another opportunity to come together. And Lord, we thank you for this a wonderful occasion of Education Day. And Lord, I know that even right now, there are individuals that, that things are going through their mind and wondering what they're going to do later on even what they're going to do next week. But Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would grab their attention even now. Keep them for the moments until the message is through and take them to where they need to be. For we will be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. And let everyone sing. Amen. Amen. The title of my message is Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do. Her name was Shea Houston. And she had a best friend by the name of Neff. I met them when I was in Jackson, Michigan, when I was working in public campus ministry at the campus of University of Michigan. I would often go up to Jackson, Michigan. It was about a half an hour drive. I would often go there and uh, preach at the church there. Well, Shay and Neff attended Jackson High School, and they were some rough girls. There were some, I listen, I thought I experienced rough girls. These were some rough girls. And when I would get up to preach, they would give me these looks and they'd cross their eyes, roll their eyes, suck their teeth, and I would get scared because they would do all kind of gestures at me like. <laughs> there were some rough girls. I had, a, at, recently I had accepted a position at Mount Vernon Academy as the Dean of Men. And so I was leaving the area, but the parents 
they wanted their children to attend Mount Vernon Academy because they were very concerned about their spirituality. They did not have the money to send their children, but yet they sent them anyway. When they got to Mount Vernon Academy and they were enrolled, Neff started having some real problems and the school asked her to leave. Now let me just pause for a second because I understand what Neff went through because being a product of educa uh, Adventist education does not always mean that you are a good product of Adventist education while you're in it. I remember when I was in, uh, at Ozark Adventist Academy, I was there for two years and one month. How long did I say? You're probably wondering why did I only stay one month that year. Well, it wasn't my choice. The school had asked me if I would be so kind to remove myself and go back home. <laughs> so I understand where Neff, the, 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 the struggle that Neff had. She was asked to go home. And however, Shay, her friend, did not go back home with her. Matter of fact, she graduated from Mount Vernon Academy in 2007. And her life started to look up. While I was at home, after leaving Mount Vernon Academy, I started pastoring in Columbus, Ohio. And I was at home uh, one summer, and I received a phone call back in August of 2007. And, and the call, it was from Neff's family, and they told me that Shay had died the night before in her sleep. This was a student that I recruited to come to Mount Vernon Academy, and she was now gone. On the day of the funeral in Jackson, Michigan, in the presence of all the family members and former classmates, the staff of Mount Vernon Academy, I was able to share some news with them that the pastor had shared with me, her pastor had shared with me in the study just before going out to talk during the funeral. He told me that the day before, the day before, that weekend before, that Shay had made a decision to follow Christ. And the next day, listen to me church, the next day she went to sleep in Jesus. The night before, she knew that she had a decision to make. The day before, when the preacher preached the message, she made a decision to follow Jesus. The very next day, she was not alive to follow through with that. She responded to the message of the preacher and was expecting to be baptized, but did not have the opportunity to have it happen. And I tell you today, this is why we do what we do. Adventist education trained and teaches children to make a decision before it's too late. No, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Let me tell you something. I got on a plane from Dallas. I left my family. I left my church. I left my conference. I got on a plane and came from Dallas to, to, to Kansas City. I mean, to Kansas. And I was, it was some rough weather, some turbulence. I don't like turbulence. I'm going to tell you that right now. 
I pray when I go in, I pray when I come out. I don't like turbulence, but I got on a plane. Then I got on a plane, and, I, and in that same plane flew me here to Las Vegas. I did not travel through turbulence away from my family for you to give me some weak amens. <laughs> this is why we do what we do. When we talk about Adventist education, we're talking about something different. The best investment that you can ever make and the future of your children is through their education. Not just any education, but an eternal education. This is why we do what we do. You know, I looked at several schools and, and I saw these schools that had high marks. And, and when I was in Boston, I, I, I was very familiar with because in Boston area, in just a little small area, there are over a hundred colleges. Harvard being one of them, MIT, and I looked at all of these different schools, and then when you had these colleges that are on these high levels, the high schools are on high levels, and I looked at the schools that were there, and I saw that all of the schools that were there had something very interesting about them. I looked at their high marks in academics, their social interaction, their future planning, and their academic success. Here's what I found in my investigation. All the schools that I looked at, they taught subjects like English and math and history and social studies and PE, technology and world languages. They also had sports program. They had fine arts program. They had life skills program. They had great and qualified teachers and administrators. They received money from taxpayers and from, and, and, and from school fund, um, school, state funding. They had this great transportation system called the yellow bus system. They received all of these different things. They had great mascots, great songs, and wonderful traditions. All these things they had, all these schools had. They prepared children for the future of this world and to be productive citizens. If they're doing such a great job, then why are we here? Why are we here? You probably have the great privilege of attending some great institution, some great school, and you're saying, listen, I didn't, it didn't it, you know, I, I came out all right. Praise the Lord for you. But then the question comes in, why are we here? Why do we have Adventist education? We have Adventist education. If we're doing such a great job, then why are we here? We're here because of students like Shay. We're here because of students and children like Shay. The future of our families, our church, our nation, and our world depends on the right education that is provided. Adventist education is different. Really? So y'all really gonna make me go back and say to my church that they didn't even give me an amen when I said Adventist education. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't even have a, church, a school connected to my church. And when I talk about Adventist education, my people say amen. amen. You have a school and you don't even say amen. amen. Oh man, it's gonna be a long day. <laughs> Adventist education is different. It plans for the future, but prepares for eternity. Oh, there we go. We warming up. We warming up. In spite, listen, however, in spite of the outstanding contributions to the church and the world at large, Adventist education is under attack. And often the attack is often coming from those from inside of the denomination. Did you hear me? 
See, 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 here's the thing is that uh, when I heard when I heard the brother pr talk about how he was against Adventist education, he was against, he, he, he fought against it and he did. But then all of a sudden he saw what it can do. He realized that, listen, I must stop fighting against the prick. I must stop kicking against the prick because the only thing that's going to happen is, is my foot is going to get broken. Fighting against Adventist education does not promote Adventism. Fighting against Adventist education does not help the cause. So many times the attacks are coming from inside the denomination. How do I know this? Because, well, you know what? It's coming from, from, from people that are in charge of withholding the doctrines and in those that are outside admire it. I was at a conference when I was in, in New England and there was a man by the name of Alan November. Some of you may know who he is, some of you may have no clue who he is, but he is an innovator in education and technology. He is a foremost, I mean, he has flown all around the world and people pay him hundreds of thousands of dollars to speak for 30 minutes. Can you imagine, no, let me not even go there. In 1990, I mean, excuse me, 2009, when I was at this conference, he came and he was our guest speaker. Now, you know we didn't pay him $100,000. But he came and he said before all of these educators in the, New England, in the New England area, he said, listen, the Adventist education system is the most integrative and functional system in the world. I travel all around the world and the system that I see the most that is the most functional and the most integrative is the Adventist system. He said, listen, you don't need to clap to what I'm saying. I'm going to clap and applaud you for the work that you do. Amen. You know, many times we, 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 we sleep on, we sleep on what we have. We sleep on what we have. You know, we, 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 you know we're so close to it that we don't even recognize it. People talk about the Adventist education system all around the world. And most of, most of the time when we think of it, well, no, they just doing this and do, oh, no, they don't want it. They're always asking for money. They're always asking for money. Your children. Your children always asking for money. Oh, let me, oh, I'm getting warm now. And it's not the Las Vegas weather here. Some pastors and church leaders, listen to this, for example, have argued that Adventist education is stealing money from evangelism, church mission, and other church opportunities of service to the community. Oh, I saw some people raise up their feet and want their toes to get smashed on. I'm sorry. It has been said that Adventist education is irrelevant, outdated, and is not soul winning in nature, and therefore, local church schools should be closed and so that they're not wasting any more money that could be put forth to evangelism, improving a building, or building something else for the community. Hearing this statement, however, how would we evaluate Jesus' ministry? Let's look at it for a second. The teaching and evangelistic ministry of Jesus was given to 12 disciples. How many disciples? We'll call them students for three and a half years, almost, almost a full degree. However, when he went to the cross, not one of them were converted, even understood the central message of his teaching. Jesus had to tell them many things I have in John 16, 12, many things I have to say to you, but you're not ready for it. 
Shay and Neff would come into our apartment and then we had conversation with them over and over and over and over and over again. And they didn't listen all the time. Now, let me ask you a question. How many times have you been told something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and you keep doing the same thing? Now, you would be really mad if somebody threw you away, right? But here it is that Jesus had these 12 students. He told them things over and over and over and over again. And he had some of them like, listen, I want to fight. I want to Let's chop their ears off. Let's beat them. Call down fire from heaven. Jesus is like, man, y'all been with me for three and a half years and y'all, what's wrong with y'all? But listen, think about it. Here's the results of Jesus' ministry. Here's the results. One betrayed him. Another swore he never knew him. And the others ran and hid from him because they were scared they were going to be killed. The only person that accepted Jesus was the one that was on death row on the cross with him. And he, didn't even, he wasn't even around Jesus for, 12, for three and a half years. So how will we evaluate this? When we look at this from a human perspective, Jesus' ministry was a failure. It was a failure. But see, Jesus had his eyes on the long-term goal. The long, see, listen, you, the long-term and not the short-term. Some, some of you may understand this if you, if, if, you, if you run a marathon. Now, I never ran a marathon, but I'm a cyclist. I love to cycle, and I love to go long distances. Long distances. A couple weeks ago, I went 65 miles in Texas, up the hills and everything. That's the same thing I was saying. Whoa, what was I thinking? But long ride, but, but here's the thing. When you go for the long ride, you prepare differently than for a sprint. Are you with me? You don't, you don't, you don't carry just one water bottle when you're going for the long ride. You got to carry a few and you got to make a couple stops. You got to have some nice little, some, some goodies in your back pocket when you go for the long ride because you realize it's a long journey. Jesus had his eyes on the long term and not the short term. After Pentecost, however, the majority of the disciples were transformed into powerhouses of the gospel. Listen, when you look at the Bible, the disciples that were with Jesus, the same ones that ran and hid, the same that betrayed it, that forgot all about him, guess what? After Pentecost, they transformed the world. They transformed the world. Jesus was looking at the law. Look at it. The book of Education says this. Men sow from which above their graves others reap the harvest. They plant trees that others eat the fruit off. They, they, they are content here to know that they set in motions agents for good. And the hereafter, the action and the reaction of all those will be seen. In other words, Adventist education does not prepare you for the sprint. Oh. See, we live in a society that we want stuff right then and there. Right then and there. Adventist education does not prepare you for the sprint. It prepares you for the marathon. There are six reasons I want to give you today for Adventist education. And as a matter of fact, our, our executive secretary, Tara McCoy, wrote a book. And it was called Why They Must Go. If you haven't read it, get it and read it. Why They Must Go. He's saying that every child should go to an Adventist school. 
Now, some of you are saying, well, you know, listen, I understand. I understand there's people here that have been blessed by public school education. I'm not here to, this is not, I'm not here to, you didn't bring me here to talk about public school education. I went to public school for one year for my master's, period. No, actually, I'm sorry. When I got kicked out of Ozark, I did go one year in public school, but that was my doing, and I made a mistake on that one. But nevertheless, I'm not here to talk about public school education. But he said that they must go. And the term Adventist education, he used this terminology, hooks. What did I say? Hooks. Here are six hooks for Adventist education. Now, when you understand this, you, you, it'll become a lot clearer on why we do what we do. Now, I must say this before I even go into the six reasons, is that my reading and my research came from incredible educators and, and authors and preachers from in our church, and, 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 and they have come out with insight that is not new. It just may be surprising to some. Are you with me? All right, here we go. First hook. The first hook is that at the top of the list of the reasons for Adventist schooling is to introduce students to the Bible as a framework for thinking and evaluating. Now, you may not have caught that, but it introduces people to a framework. In other words, when the decision makings or moral teachings, when they make a decision on what is right and wrong, there is a basis. It's not from, it's not from what's her name, little boo-boo on TV. She didn't get it. They, didn't, they don't make any decisions. The decision making does not come from some reality TV. It comes from the Bible as a framework. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. It teaches moral and ethical living. In other words, they look at it and say, well, should I do this? Well, what does the Bible say I should do? Yeah. It gives them that. Listen, I got, I got three teenage kids. My kids don't make right decisions all the time. But I can tell you this, they know right from wrong. They know right from wrong. And matter of fact, when something is said to them about something like a, something that happens on a reality show, and my kids are like, why would they do something that stupid? Once again, my kids are not perfect. But they know right from wrong. Society doesn't tell them what right is and what wrong is. They know from the framework of the Bible, through Adventist teaching, they know right and wrong. The critical point here is this. The Bible in an Adventist school is never studied as an end to itself. Rather, the scriptures provide a framework for everything that takes place on campus, whether it is on it is the academics, the extracurricular activities, the chapels, the Sabbath services, the social outings, the community service, everything is in the framework of the Bible. The second hook. The Bible is, the is an instrument in the Adventist school is to introduce young people to Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. Now, if you didn't hear that before, you say, well, you know, well, you know they, my, my child can't play football. It is to introduce young people to Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. You're not going to go to the NFL, to the NBA. Now, you, somebody, wait, wait, you just dashed my hopes. No, listen, you're not going to go to the NFL 
to the NBA playing at an Adventist school. I went to school with some guys that can play basketball really good. They're not in the NBA right now. But they have a good job. They love the Lord. And they're still serving their community. It is to introduce young people to Jesus Christ. The core, the, one of the core uh, Basis in Adventist education is evangelistic and redemptive in the process. And let me tell you something. I love what your school is doing on, on, on this silent, the silent witness. That's powerful. That's powerful. See, y'all are going to make me get mad up in here. This is your school. Y'all don't even get excited about it. Listen, I'm excited. I almost jumped out of my seat. Listen, if you don't want them, we'll take all of them in Dallas. When you take and you look at Adventist education as an evangelistic tool, it changes everything. The primary function of Adventist education is to help young people find a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that function is just as important with children who grew up in an Adventist home and those who did not. Did you hear me? Because, see, Adventist education is for everyone. One study has said this concerning the potential of evangelism in Adventist education. It is important to realize that worldwide, the percentage of young people from non-Adventist homes attending Adventist school is more than 50%, and sometimes it runs as high as 90%. When we get our perspective right, we see that public evangelism and, and Christian education are not enemies of one another, but rather they serve as complements to one another in achieving the gospel commission, which says in Matthew 28, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. The Bible tells us that there is a work that must be done. Do you want to wait until they're teenagers? Do you want to wait till they're teenagers to tell them that what they're doing is wrong? When I was at Mount Vernon Academy as dean of men, I baptized 24 young men. I'm the dean. I'm not the chaplain. I'm the dean. When I was at, Mount Ver at Greater Boston Academy as the Bible teacher, I baptized 20 young people. 20 young people. And let me see, you're probably saying, well, wait a bit, where are they now? Matter of fact, one just sent me a message through Facebook and said, hey, I need to talk to you because I'm going through some things in life and I need your help. Then I had another young man that I actually had the opportunity to go and marry he and his wife. My young people that I had a hand in doing, and I'm not saying I, but what God used through me when I was there, I still know what they're doing. And I can honestly say for the most part, 90% of them are still in the church, still worshiping God, still excited about going to church, holding positions in church, and they're excited about it. They're not, oh, this is so boring. I don't want to come to church. Now, they did that when they were younger, but well, now they see the value, the marathon, not the sprint. A major function. This is that God wants us to save our children. 
If you want to save your children, put them in the place that will save them. The third, the third hook is even introducing students to Jesus as Savior is not an end of itself in Adventist education. Adventist schooling, at its best, leads a person to a lifelong dedication to service. It is no accident that the first and the last pages of the book Education starts off and talks about the joy of service. The major function of Adventist education is to help naturally selfish human beings gain a vision of service to others. That's it. This is the main reason why most of our higher institutions have a large slant or major slant towards health professions like healthcare, education, spiritual nurturing, and related fields. Why do you think most of our schools, that's what we glean for? Because we're not in the business of trying to be rich. Oh, I just broke someone's heart. I know I did. I know I did. I know I did. Listen, listen, I'm a preacher. I will not be rich. I've accepted that. I've accepted that because I don't need to be rich here. The Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Our institutions, they lean children to be less selfish and to serve others. Listen, we live in a very selfish society. We're very selfish. I mean, no, no, I mean, listen, listen. I know, I know, listen, y'all, I'm not going to pick on Las Vegas. I'm going to pick on Dallas. We have some selfish people in Dallas. Selfish. They won't come off of a dime for anything unless it's something that's going to benefit them. Now, I know y'all don't do that in Las Vegas. <laughs> the elder, elder, uh, elder Brown said that, listen, we need, we need what, 11,000? 11,000? No, no, y'all can raise 50,000. I know you can. Yeah. Now, y'all probably saying, well, listen, he said 11,000. We're going to get $10,999. Not a dime more. Listen, if you believe that God can do it, he can do it. But the whole purpose of this, uh, of Adventist education, this third thing is that God wants to take selfish human beings and show how they can serve others. Let me tell you something. uh, Some of the greatest joy I have is serving others. Matter of fact, this weekend, we're doing something crazy. We're the second time we're doing it. We're doing a community community, uh, uh, photo shoot for our community. We're taking pictures for anybody who wants to come. Family pictures, professional family pictures. They don't have to pay a dime for it. Why? Because it's service. See, listen, until you understand what God did for you, you don't understand service. But in our schools, we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have those professions that serve people. Now, there are people that will say, well, listen, I'm not going to make enough money working for the church. Now, we're in the process of a, of a uh, in our church, a, a financial seminar. And I like to say this, listen, I'm a pastor and I'm not going to be rich. I told you that before. But if I get rid of all my debt, that means everything I make is mine. Well, I'm not going to say mine like that. Myself, but if I don't have any debt, I'm going to be rich. So I don't have to make any more money. 
I just don't need any more debt. So you see, the problem is, the problem is that now I want you to think on this for a second. In, in the Adventist schools, we say, listen, you could be a preacher, you could be a teacher, you could be lawyers, you could be, you could be those, the, uh, the, uh, get an MBA. Those are, I'm, I'm talking about all of those things are great, 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 great. But when you decide you want to serve others, you must come to the conclusion that, listen, I'm not going to get a Maserati. I'm going to get me a, uh, you know, a Honda or I'm going to give me something else. You, you got to bring down your expectations if you want to serve other people. Amen. The problem is we live in a society that is so selfish that they said, I'm going to get. Come on now, y'all got to finish it. Y'all trying to act like y'all scared. I'm going to get. That's the society we live in. Adventist education teaches something totally different. It's counter to, counter to that society. It's saying, listen, you've got to serve someone else. Man, I'm not about to serve anybody else. I've had students that told me that I'm not cleaning no toilets. When they work for me, I'm not cleaning no toilets. I said, well, then you, you're not going to have a job. I said, well, I'm just not going to have a job. Two weeks later, Dean Dixon, can I get a job? <laughs> they are mission fields. Our teachers and our staff are missionaries working to educate in earthly as well as heavenly things. It's not about the money. It's about the soul. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 3, it's 33, it says, when you seek God first, he will give you the blessings that you need. Yeah. Councils on Education, page 5, it says, it's the nicest work a man or woman could do is to educate our youth. It's the nicest work that someone can do. Adventist institutions at all levels need to be viewed as soul-winning endeavors. Think about this for a second, the magnitude of the challenge that becomes very clear that when you realize that 74% of Adventists are first generation and they lack the simple basic grasp of denominational heritage, structure, and belief. And most importantly, and understood that they don't really understand our apocalyptic mission. You may not even understand it. You don't, may not even realize that this world is coming to an end. So when you put that in perspective, you understand that the teachers in our school, every year that goes by, they're sending out kids into the world to get another generation ready for the return of Jesus. That's it. It's a process. When they see kids graduate, get their diploma, there may be tears in their eyes, but guess what? In the fall, they start the cycle all over again. Why? Because they say, listen, we've got to keep doing it. We've got to finish the work of Jesus. We've got to do it. Why? Because if we don't, souls will be lost. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says this simply, he says, well, I'm not afraid of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. He's saying that, listen, I'm not afraid of it, and I must preach it. Our teachers are in the school to preach. Their sermons are eight hours a day. Ten months. And then at the end of it, a student will walk up to him that gave him problems in the beginning of the year. I want to be baptized. And the teacher's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but we, the Bible says in Matthew 5, it says this in Matthew 5, 
And we're gonna, I mean, we almost we got a couple more hooks to do. Matthew 5 and verse 13, the Bible says this. It says that we are the salt and the light. The salt and the light. In other words, we offer those things that are pleasurable and good for us. Have you ever eaten, listen, I'm from New Orleans, and you know if you eat something that is not flavored, you got that look. I've learned to have my Sabbath potluck look on when it's not seasoned right. Somebody asked me, is it good? Oh, man, it's blessed. It is blessed. But Adventist education is the salt and the light of the world. It tears our kids. When our kids are in there and they come in, you know when they come in that you, wait, listen, you know your kids. You deal with your kids. And then you send them to a school. And then you have the nerve enough to complain. When they come back and say, listen, does your child have a, my child doesn't, you know your kids. The teachers used to call me about my kids and listen, my kids weren't terrible, but, but you know, my daughter, she was very, she's very, Bossy, very, she's probably watching, she's very, very strong. <laughs> Teachers would call and say, you know that, you know, and they were scared because, you know, being a pastor, they're like, you know, they don't want to tell the pastor his kid is, is strong-willed. And I'm like, and like, you, know, you know, your daughter is strong, hard-head? Yeah, that's my daughter. Okay, uh, what should we do? Well, if the state would allow, I'd say whip her behind. But since the state doesn't allow it, let's pray. But our schools are designed to take them from where they were to where they need to be. They're the salt of the earth. The fourth hook, Adventist education introduced people to the Bible as, a sta as stated before. But it goes beyond that in religion classes and Bible classes. Adventist schooling helps students to view every topic with a philosophical perspective of the scriptures. In other words, the Bible gives the tools of making decisions. In our humanistic postmodern culture, it has come out with different ways of transmitting values. Young people are influenced by the, the, glor the, the glorification of consumerism, violence and immorality in, in, in the media, and, and, and video games and music, uh, peer culture, and, and celebrity drinking and unbiblical relationships, uh, drugging and casual sex. Yet in our schools, the most, in, in most countries, in this country and other countries, you're not allowed to tell them, listen, that's wrong. Matter of fact, if you open your mouth and say it's wrong, you may find yourself in jail. Our schools in this country, they transmit a distorted value. Adventist schooling is one of the most forceful ways of transmitting a biblical value system. This system is not perfect. I'm going to say that. Adventist education is not perfect because there are people in it. But though it is not perfect, when you consider the alternatives, it is a giant step in the right direction. It is the Holy Spirit's job to guide and to correct deficiencies. Uh, now, you, you probably did not catch that. We didn't create the Adventist system. We didn't create Adventist education. 
we are part of it, and we mess up along the journey. But it is not our job to complain about it. It is the Holy Spirit's job to fix it. See, the problem is, is most of the time in our schools, we have a lot of people that sit on the sideline and complain. Why we got to do, why we got to spend so much money on that? Why we got to do that? You know, listen, we could, we could have a big old, bigger church. We can have all, yeah, you can have a bigger church and your children will be out in the street. Did you hear me? Because if you don't take care of the little lambs, they're going to grow up and be wolves. You say, well, how can a lamb be a If you don't have something that is keeping a fence around them, and you say, well, that's sheltered. Listen, I don't feel like my life has been ruined because my mother told me, don't go to Bourbon Street. Now, I, listened, I didn't listen to her. I went to Bourbon Street, but... But when I got down there, it was different. You know, my, I hear my mom's in my ear, God, you down at Bourbon Street. <laughs> but we need to put our children in a place where they can hear the voice that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Yeah. It's not a perfect system. But what we're saying is that, listen, we don't care. We're going to send our kids out there to fend for themselves. Oh, well, because I can't afford it, although I got some new shoes. I got a nice new car, beautiful home, but yet our children are not important. The fifth thing is the consistency of the message. The fifth hook, lessons are best learned when students hear the same message at school, at home, and at church. An important factor in, in any young person's life is extracurricular activities. And there are proms, there are graduations, there are sports programs. The, all of these things occur during the Sabbath hours. And we're now in a society today that's like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I want you to think with me for a second. Did Jesus die on the cross? Uh, that's like half of you. Did Jesus die on the cross? Yes. Did he die on the cross for sin? Yes. Did he die on the cross because the law could not be changed? Oh, wait a minute. Did you hear that? Did he die on the cross because the law could not be changed? Yes. See, I'm not hearing everyone like I did before. The reason Jesus died on the cross is because he couldn't change the law. You, you, you didn't catch that. The reason Jesus died on the cross is because the law could not be changed. Someone must die. Jesus said, I will die because the law could not be changed. But think about this for a second. If we don't value the Sabbath, which is in the law, then we don't value the death of Christ. Now, you're probably saying, well, look, I don't necessarily agree with you on that. You don't, have, you, you don't have to necessarily agree with me. Read it in the scriptures. Because he said that the law was written and cannot be changed. He says that I am the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. I cannot change. Because if the law could be changed and if someone made a mistake, all he had to do is change the law. Now you're probably saying, what does this have to do with Adventist education? 
The reason why we have schools is because we don't want our young people to have to make a decision between graduation, proms, sports programs. So we created a system that will give them the same interaction the same joy, the same being able to come with their caps and gowns, with all the pomp and circumstance. We gave them all the things. We have banquets for them. We have wonderful things that they can go and they can have fun with their friends. And guess what? They can leave and not feel guilty. We have far too many people that view the Sabbath so cheaply. I remember when I was deaning and I had some students, they would walk out of the, they were walking out of the dorm and they had, they had all these things with them and I'm like, whoa, 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 where are you going? Oh, we're going to go, we're going to swim, we're going to go do this, we're going to play some football. It's the Sabbath. Well, we can do that on it. Show me in the Bible and I'll let you do it. Those are the ones that I baptized. Now, I must tell you this is that before we go into our last little hook. The thing I love about Adventist education is that it does not throw the doctrines in the face of people. It eases them into the truth. Because too many times we have people that will beat you over the head on certain things because that's their, that's, that's their, that's their battling ram. But yet in Adventist education, you find that children accept things over time. I would give my Bible classes and kids, we would talk about the 2300 days, we talk about the state of the dead, we talk about all of these different things, and then they would come back with questions and things. And I'm like, where are you getting these questions from? My mother, my father. They're not Adventists, but they're asking their kids the questions. You don't understand the magnitude of the evangelistic effort that can be made through Adventist education. Matter of fact, it is the, and still to this day, it is the most powerful evangelistic tool we have. You could pitch a tent, you could baptize 100 people, come back a year later, two left. You go and you put a child in a school for four years, they hear the gospel for four years. Then they go to another school for another four years and they hear it. And then they go off to college and they hear it. And then when they get out in the world, they're out there in the club like I was, dancing, having a good time while I was at Oakwood. What? <laughs> having a good time. And all of a sudden, when I go off into the military, all of a sudden, there it is. The Lord said, I need you. And I remembered everything. The last hook, somebody can come to the piano on this one, I like this one. The last hook is one of the major contributions of Adventist schooling is to bring young people together in a significant number so that they can make lifelong friends and meet spouses who share their same values and importance of life. Let me tell you something, when I was at Oakwood, there was this young lady there, and she's probably watching so I gotta be very careful. She loved, and you know, the good thing about it is that she's watching and she can't respond to me. But she saw me from across the campus. And she says, man, he looks good. <laughs> Out of all the guys at Oakwood, she, she found me. And she was determined that we were going to be married. 
Now, you know I'm exaggerating on some of this. <laughs> but I want to paint you the picture. I want to paint you the picture. Listen, it wasn't eHarmony. It wasn't Match.com. This was, this, was, this was in a setting where everyone in the setting, everyone at the school had an understanding of a belief system that was biblical. And so she didn't have to worry if I had some skewed view over here or some skewed view over there. She knew that right off the bat the reason why I chose the school was because it was an Adventist school. So she knew something. That was a good start. And so when I met my wife, I also looked at someone and I said, listen, I wonder, I wonder if she's using drugs. I didn't have to say that. I wonder if, I wonder if she's going to, you know, she's got some mental issues. And I'm not saying, I'm not de be, de uh, uh, belittling any of that, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is this, is that when Adventist young people come together, they have a pool of individuals they can choose to spend their life with. They can also be individuals that they can choose to be friends for life. I've got friends that I went to Oakwood with. I may not have seen them in years. And if I see them at a church that I'm speaking at somewhere around the country, they'll say, hey, man, remember? Yeah, I remember you. We catch up on old times and say, listen, how are you doing today? Man, I'm blessed. Many of the people I ran with, because I wasn't a theology major at Oakwood. Many of the people I ran around with, we were doing some dirt. But we hook up on Facebook now, and we're like, man, God is good. Yes, he is. God is good. He saves us. Man, you remember? Let's not talk about it. Don't bring it up. But the reason why God has a system is to keep us together so that we can encourage one another. When I met my wife, there were many women at Oakwood, just like there were many men at Oakwood. But God brought us together. Why? Because we were in the right place together. The last hook is simple. Listen, nobody wants to go through life wondering who should they marry. You go to an Adventist school, you have friends for life. And guess what? You can be in an Adventist school from pre-K to postgraduate. Same friends, same issues, same encouragement. There's a reason for that, because God wanted it that way. I told you the title of the message is Why We Do What We Do. Paul was, Paul was a, a Jew who was also living in a Greek society and was a Roman citizen. It's very unique about Paul. He was a Jew living in a Greek society and had Roman citizenship. The interesting thing about this character is that every part of his, his makeup, the Judaism and uh, the Greek and the uh, Roman, all of them 
brought about something to the culture. The Jews, uh, they sought after light. The Bible says the light of the world. That's what they sought after. They sought after the light. The Greeks, they sought after knowledge that we may know him. The Greek society was, 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 was pointed in the direction of knowledge. In Rome, Rome sought for glory. All roads lead to Rome. But the Bible says something very interesting in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says this, For it is God who commanded the light, the Jews, to shine out of darkness, to shine in the hearts, and to give light of the knowledge, the Greeks, to the glory, Rome, of God in the face of Jesus. Everything that is needed in life, the knowledge, the light, the glory is all found in Jesus. And Jesus is found in Adventist education. The knowledge. Children can excel. The glory. God will bring them the glory that is needed. And the light, they can be the witness to the world. I want to challenge you. And I want you to think about it and I want you to pray about it right now. Some of you may not have considered Adventist education before today. You may still be a little skeptic about Adventist education. But there's no reason why I should be standing here except for by Adventist education. Being a, in the security forces of the Marine Corps, being in the infantry in the Marine Corps, there's no reason why I should be standing here. No reason. Except for Adventist education. There's no reason why I should be preaching the gospel today except for Adventist education. My mother told me very clearly, said, what did I teach you? And I said the truth. Where did you learn it? And where you sent me. Then what are you going to do with it? Share it. You're sitting here today and you may be saying, listen, I cannot afford Adventist education. Is that your problem? Some of it may be, but it's irrelevant at this point. You may be saying right now, I, I don't even want to even consider it. But then you have to answer to God on that. What I'm here to say, and then my appeal is very simple, is this. If you got a child who is of school age and you want them to be in Adventist schools, but you have no way of doing it or no way of having it happen or you haven't even considered it, I want you to think about that for a moment. Put that in your mind, parents. If there is a young person here today be it in elementary, middle school, high school, college, postgraduate, whatever. If you're here today and you're not in an Adventist school, but you want to have the experience, I'm not here to tell you that I've got $50,000 in my pocket. I'm here to put you before the Lord. If you're here today and you want to say, listen, I want to go off to college, maybe Oakwood. I want to go off to college, maybe Andrews. I want to go off to, 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 to some boarding academy. I want, to be, I want to experience the glory that God has for me. I want to experience everything. If you're here today, just stand up.
Just stand up. Young people. Are there any more? Listen, listen, this is for the young people. Parents, you're thinking on something. I gave you something to think about. Young people, are you here today? Just stand up. You want to go off to Oakwood and don't, don't know how it's going to happen? You want to go to the, to the Abundant Life School? Just stand up. Just stand up. Come on. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I want you to pray. I don't want you to grab your child's hand. I don't want you to say you better not stand up. I just want them, if they make a decision, let them stand. Let them stand. We're going to lay them before the Lord because they're God's children. If you're here today and there's someone who is not here of that school age and you want to stand in their behalf, stand. Maybe a grandchild. Maybe a, uh, your own child. And maybe a, a niece or nephew. You want them to be there? Stand in their behalf. Just stand. Let's stand. You want them in Adventist school. You've been praying about it for years. You, you, your parents have said, nope, not going to happen. Well, listen, we're now going to lay it before the Lord publicly. Just stand. If you can't stand, raise your hand. Now, parents, I want you to be thinking about what I said. You may not have considered it. You may not have liked it. It may not have met your expectations. You say your child is in a magnet school or whatever the case may be. You may feel, whatever it is, I want you to lay that aside. And I want you to think, I want you to take this picture with you. You're standing on the sea of glass. Parents, I want you to close your eyes and think about this. You're standing on the sea of glass and you're looking around. Someone comes up to you and says, what are you looking for? And you say, I'm looking for my child. I'm looking for my child. And they say, do you see them? And you say, no, I don't. And someone says to you, Where did they go in life? What will you tell them? That's the most important thing. It's not that they'll be a lawyer in 10 years. It's not that they'll be a neurosurgeon in 10 years. It's the question is, when you get to heaven, did you do all you could possibly do to get them to heaven? Or did you cut corners? And I got to tell you this. I, I, I have no burden if you stand or not. On tomorrow, I'll be on a plane heading back to Dallas. You have to deal with your children, your situation. But you can do it alone or you can do it with God. 